Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out Josh, let me ask you this. So, we recently... No, I will not let you ask me. (laughs) We recently restarted watching uh, Friday Night Lights. And in (laughs) one episode, uh, what's his name? Garrity? What's his... The the father? Do you know his first name? Uh, Buddy. Buddy Garrity. Buddy Garrity. (laughs) He calls some guys some ridge runners. Do you know what a ridge runner is? I think that's a Texas thing. <laughs> Texas has you, their own thing. You, yeah, you have to remember, Texas is its own country. Like, even though they kind of sound like us, other Southerners, they it's 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 a different place altogether. Okay, good to know. And with their good own, with their own land and their own it's, people. It's a and Garrity their own exclusive. Sayings. Only Garrity okay. knows what a rich runner is. There's it's a, a uh, it's a buddyism. There's a joke my dad used to always tell where he was like, the truck drivers driving North Carolina and picks up his guy. The guy's like, oh, where are you from? He's like, oh, I'm from Texas. And they're riding along, and they see a, a, a deer across the road. And the, the guy from Texas is like, what was that? And the guy from North Carolina was like, oh, it's a deer. And the guy from Texas is like, a deer? Like, we got deer fucking ten times that big in Texas. I've never even seen a deer that small. And he's riding along a little further. Rabbit runs across the road. What was that? It's a rabbit. He's like, a rabbit? Like, in Texas, the rabbits are fucking ten times that big. I have never seen – this is the smallest rabbit I've ever seen, you know. They're riding along a little further, and there's a turtle crossing the road. And the guy's like, what's that? And the guy, the truck driver is like, that's a North Carolina tick. <laughs> just that's like, awful. Fuck. That's disgusting. <laughs> it's, just like, it's a dirty joke. It's I'm, just, so I'm dirty. just picturing a big tick walking across the street. Neil. That just fucking flew right over Neil's head at second base. I missed the beginning. Oh, tick. I missed the fucking beginning. That's fine. That, that may have even just skirted by him in the outfield. For a, Was it for that a funny? I liked it. <laughs> Why don't we dip into the asshole this week? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it came from the asshole. Like, hole, we need a fucking hole, ho, 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 like hole, fucking hole, echo. Hole. And, and see what our, our loyal followers uh, have been asking us lately and can't wait to hear us comment on. We have one from uh, Tim in Montana. And Tim wants to know, oh, this is, this is for the guitar players. This is a good one from Tim. Jonathan, your favorite guitar and why? I mean, just my straight up favorite guitar. I mean, that's a multifaceted yes. question. I mean, my favorite favorite. If you could have one guitar that you you would you could own, what would it be and why? Well, it would just be the guitar my dad gave me for obvious reasons. You know, like in terms of just an actual singular guitar. If you're asking like, what model of guitar could I have if I was going to have one guitar? You know, like what? Well, let, let, well let, let's divide it up. So, what is the guitar your dad gave you? What kind is it? It's a Martin. It's just like a, a Martin, you know, D twenty eight standard. You know, but I've it's you know I've played it for ages, and uh, I think it's probably from the mid to late nineties. And, and and it's just like I don't even I don't even look at acoustic guitars because it's like you know I have a, a like with electrics it. right. With electrics are always different things, but like okay. So now answer the second part of that. Okay, then it comes down to like 
well, I mean, if they could have any guitars, like I'd probably have fucking Hendrix's Woodstock Strat. But like, if you're like, they're in for talking about this, that's what, you can't just ask me that question. Like, it's a <laughs> that's, fucking that's like, cheating. like it's just an easy question. <laughs> this is like, what are you asking me, Josh? If you're asking me if I could just have any guitar phone, what I have, I'd probably have a 1959 ES335 in red, just so nice. Chuck Berry is the fucking oh. greatest guitar player ever. God damn it. Ah, I like it. Neil, um, well, your I, turn. I had an answer chambered until Jonathan brought up the uh, 335. Because <laughs> I do, I, I love a good 335, but I'll go with my original answer. Um, an, uh, Gibson SG, but just modified with P90s and just really set up. I, I'd love a guitar that had a technician really get into it and kind of give me all the kind of the... You know, no, no fancy bells and whistles, but anything just like for tone that you could really throw into. Like the nicest SG you could buy with P90, those are pickups. That, and if it could be any guitar, it would be the SG that Clapton played in Cream that was painted custom. The Fool. Okay. Nice. Oh, it was called a, The Fool. <laughs> that was the name because it was like there's like a character on it. Nice. Uh, I'll say that mine would be my acoustic guild that I bought from McCabe's guitar shop. McCabe's oh guitar shop the, in 2009. The, answer the one you have is the one, right? Yeah, the one I like, have. I can't do anything with any of them, so what's the matter? I'm kidding. <laughs> How I'm dare you? I've never had. I've never had, dare I have you? Never had any issue with your guitar playing. I want to be very clear about that. I've never had any. You've had I'm more issue with a, my guitar playing. I'm for the an record. intermediate. To, I'm I, that's an why I've never had any rhythm guitar player. Well, Josh is good. He's he's a metronome on guitar. There you go. All right, Neil. Neil, you you go head first into the asshole and <sighs> let me let, us let me know dip what's in and there. see what I can find. Bobbing here. for apples in the asshole. All right, Bobbing I think <laughs> Jonathan. Jonathan, this one's for you. Okay. This this is from uh, Christian in Frostburg, Maryland. He's asking Jonathan and all of us, uh, what is your favorite thing about Prince? My favorite thing about Prince? Yeah. The the first thing you think about when you think about Prince, what is it? His fucking mustache. That doesn't mean it's my favorite thing. Uh, that's a good. <laughs> I, that's answer, what I'm saying. Actually. This that's is not. Answer. I take this question seriously. <laughs> okay. What's my but truly? I, I like that answer. My truly favorite thing about Prince would be that he wrote "Nothing Compares You." Sinead O'Connor, I think, crushed it. That being said, my other favorite things about Prince are the intro to "When Doves Cry" and the fact that he continued the lineage of Little Richard to Jimmy to him. Yeah, yeah, that's a great answer. Like it. But first Josh. answer, mustache. Josh, <laughs> I'll say a uh, little red Corvette is probably my favorite thing about Prince. I, I, nice. I'm not a huge Prince aficionado, honestly. No, I'm I'm not either. I do love Prince. Um, I think my favorite, just his the way he could see the bigger picture, the way he was just such an entertainer. He was he was a personality. He could change his name to a symbol, write you know write <laughs> um, write right. songs that define decades. And I, my favorite thing about Prince is his Super Bowl performance because it's hands down the best ever. Yeah, that's good. Oh, you so know what I'll say is the while my guitar gently weeps. So here's what actually I'll say. My favorite thing about Prince, actually, eight seeing Prince live is the best thing about ah, Prince. Gotcha. No, that makes sense. That so that makes sense. He's affected me more than anyone whose songwriting I don't truly love. Like I really yeah. like it. But there's not a song of his. I'm like, I got to hear that fucking song right now. I never nice. have to hear a Prince song. That being said, um, he still impacted me. But I don't need to ever hear a specific song, but sometimes I do need to put on Purple Rain on vinyl. It's very good. But he's one of the great producers. Absolutely. But Jonathan, you got a question you want to pull out of the ass, Cole? Sure. I guess, let me see here. Uh, we have a Susie. 
Hugh, I believe her last name. Uh, it's yeah. just Suzuki. From, Is it Q? Um, like she's standing in a line? It's yeah. Suzuki Q period, you know, from Anaheim. Asking if we are drinking tonight, and if so, what are we drinking? I am drinking a Ja Alai India Pale Ale from Cigar City Brewing. I think you mean is that Tampa, High Lai? Yeah, it is something like that. <laughs> High Lai. What are you drinking? High Lai. High Lai. In okay. Tampa, Florida. Oh my Christ. <laughs> that is not vaccinated. No, it's not. <laughs> or pasteurized. No. It's, not. <laughs> it's tasty, though. There is no government control over that fucking beverage. I'll be very clear about this. The DeSantis won't allow it. It's the, that's what makes it so good, right? The danger. It's yeah. a mandate. Yeah. <laughs> In Florida, they make you like drip your COVID sweat into the beer before they send it out. Otherwise, you're you're, ma- you're mandated to do that. COVID, Only non-socialist fucking. Uh, we oh need a positive Christ. test only for entry. <laughs> yeah. Neil, are you are you drinking anything? And if so, what is it that you're drinking? Yeah, I'm drinking a tall boy of North Coast Brewing, Brother Thelonious Abbey That's a, I like Belgian their... Abbey Ale. Yeah, I only have They're a cool. tall boy tonight. It's very strong, but it's very delicious. I'm enjoying it. Okay, you mentioned Brother Thelonious. I'm going to rattle off the top musicians I can think of from North Carolina, starting with Thelonious Monk, and then John Coltrane, and then Doc Watson, and then Tori Amos was born in North Carolina, and then Warren Haynes, and then there's a few other people. Um, well, I am drinking a, a Dark and Stormy, which is um, dark rum with ginger beer and lime. Nice. I think I was nice. just, I was, you, know what, you know what, so this has happened to me a couple times, where I feel like I mark it to myself by accident. And what I mean is, we were t- um, I was listening to Depeche Mode a while back. Yeah. And I kept walking around. And I, I just and I changed lyrics to fuck with my fiance and just entertain her. Because nice. If anything, I'm, I may be valuable that way, if anything. And so I was just walking around talking about your own personal pizza. And I was like fixing the pizza. I wouldn't <laughs> ha- let her have any. That's yeah. actually really good. And I kept doing that. <laughs> and then I fucking literally, a couple of days later, I ordered a pizza. Because I'm like, I need a fucking pizza. And so I think what happened is I kept talking about Jimmy Buffett. One that's cheesy as shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Call you it, manifest them through song. You manifest things out. through song. <laughs> right, exactly. And so, <laughs> nice. and so I kept talking about Jimmy Buffett and rum. And I kept talking about Jimmy Buffett and rum and rum and rum. And, and then I was like, I need some fucking rum. And I've never drank rum, really. But it's kind of nice. Huh. It makes me feel like I have a mustache. I don't ever drink rum drinks. Yeah. I don't, I don't, well, you should try know. it. It makes you feel like you have a mustache and no shoes on. I'm going to pull one more nugget out of the asshole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And or is that nougat? Nougat. Nougat. One more nougat. Uh, One more nougat out of the asshole. Yeah, the I'm gonna asshole. Yeah. I'm gonna pull nougat out of the asshole. Um, <laughs> How can you pull the asshole out of the this asshole? This is this is this is a more this is a. <laughs> All right. <sorry. laughs> yeah, we just hey, hit a hey, fucking... don't talk about assholes here. Don't, don't use that kind of language. <laughs> this is a more playful question. This is from uh, ooh. This is from Kelly, in. Uh, Kelly with an I or a Y? With a, an E-Y. Oh, okay. Mm. Oh, so she's yeah, sophisticated. Strange, strange, Kelly. strange spelling. And this is for this is for all of us. It's, uh, who is your favorite Spice Girl? Neil. Uh, um, <laughs> I don't know. The one who's uh, married to Beckham. That one. <laughs> That's the only one I know. Who's your favorite soccer player? <laughs> um... <laughs> The one that's married to the Spice Ted Girl. Lasso. Ted Lasso. <laughs> um, yeah, Jamie from fucking Ted Lasso. I am going to look this up. Oh, so your favorite is Posh Spice, Neil. Victoria <laughs> Beckham. Uh, Jonathan, favorite Spice Girl. Okay, it's funny you mentioned Victoria Beckham because I 
was somewhere in Hollywood at a restaurant. And she was there with fucking Beckham. Yeah. And I swear she checked me out for a second. Oh. She's probably like, oh, it'd be, it'd be interesting to fuck an ugly guy. Right. <laughs> I mean, because she's with David Beckham. I'm as straight as they come, and that's a good-looking dude, right? Were you, were you yeah. in a jean jacket ordering a Caesar salad? Potentially. That's <laughs> my natural habitat. That would be a callback to an earlier episode. So, um, archives. That being said. Podgate so, Rock and Roll archives. But the fact, that she, so the fact that she could recognize the goods, even if it was just because she went to slum it for a minute. Um, yeah, you know that that kind of puts her at the top of my. All right, so we got two list. votes for uh, posh spice. What's I'm gonna other? go. I don't even know the other ones actually. Well, the, the choices we have are spi- scary, what, scary spice, okay, scary spice, sporty spice, sporty spice, baby spice. I feel like ginger that's... spice. Okay, and posh spice. I'm gonna go with ginger spice. She's my favorite. Ginger spice. Ginger spice. Yeah. Was she? I mean, was she redheaded or like white? Like, is there any correlation? Yeah, I think she, I think she was redheaded. Or nice. like strawberry blonde, maybe. Nice, nice. What kind of who asked this question? <laughs> Kelly with the EY. That was from Kelly in Fresno, and you know what? <laughs> I feel like Kelly in Fresno uh, is the dude from fucking the Silence of the Lambs. It, well, he was he, he was a bad guy, you know. Who's your favorite <laughs> Spice Girl? I'd listen to her. <laughs> Put the spice in the basket. Uh, and 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 speaking of bad guys, on that note. You're listening to Podgave Rock and Roll to you. And this week, we are discussing Bad Guy from Billie Eilish's 2019 album, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? Written by Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell. Did I get that right? Yeah. And, produ- and produced by Phineas O'Connell. White shirt, now red, my bloody no sleep. So I picked this because I wanted to do a more recent relevant song. I think I, I, I had heard about her a little before I heard the song, but when it really captured my attention was when I saw her on SNL doing this. And it wasn't the performance, it was just the, the song, the way it was produced was really cool. Just, just in the video, it kind of seduced me the way like the TV kind of she was walking on the walls and the ceiling, the way they kind of shot it. So oh, it, just, yeah. it had a it had a big effect. I watched that and I was like, "Oh, this girl, I get it, I get it. This is really cool." And I like this song because it kind of it captures her vibe—just sarcastic, funny, catchy, really good vocals. Um, you can just tell she's a student of music. And for me, it's really all about that crazy ass monster mash melody in the middle that really caught my attention. And you can hear her kind of humming that that melody in the intro you know she kind of came up with that and then they turned that into this kind of synth madness in the middle it's another uh, example of one four five is a winning combo three 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 chords in a cloud of dust yeah yeah you know i mean i heard it when it came out a while back definitely always thought it was cool um a great vibe great riff great melody the, the themes are cool but i feel like there's not a whole lot of song there i feel like they found some good stuff and got out before they fucked it up like I'd, li- I'd like to hear another good part Honestly I'd like to hear a second verse That isn't the same as the first Well I guess the third verse or whatever But like it's good But you can tell they, they had something very good And I feel like they just kind of played it Safe They didn't want to go somewhere else And fuck it up which is a, uh, I, I totally respect that Like it's, When you have something good the worst thing you want to The worst thing you could do is blow it 
so I, I think it's very good. I, I I don't know that it's unassailable or anything, but it's it's great. It's good, great vibe, great song. I've always dug it. And once again, it, it you know you can tell a lot about her as a person, as an artist through the song. And to me, you know that's what really matters. I probably first heard this song in the car with my girlfriend and her kids. I, I'm assuming I didn't I didn't seek this out. I mean, I like I'd heard her name and that she was doing some good stuff. I thought it was more for like the younger crowd, and I still do. It is a fun song, though. It has a fun riff and kind of tongue-in-cheek lyric. It's super effective, and I, my, my only my issue is probably the songs that are this bass-heavy are not usually my thing. I wouldn't say, like, I love it, but it's unique, it's creative, and I do think the lyric is very good, especially for somebody her age. It really coalesces well, and I still haven't decided if I enjoy her voice uh, that much, but, again, it's a good song. It's got a great vibe, and... And I don't know if it's my vibe. Well, yeah, I don't think it's absolutely amazing, but I think it's just, it it captured the world like two years ago. And Jonathan, to your safe comment, I think it I think it is safe, but I think that was a great decision. Sometimes you have to play it safe and you'll, oh, yeah, you'll win sure. a Grammy for Song of the Year. And I mean, I do love her voice. I mean, she definitely is very creative with the way she uses it. I think her at the core, she has an amazing voice. And I think just the way she's so into production, she overdoes it sometimes but I also think that's part of the charm I think the reason this sounds so good is because of just the crazy production they put on this beautiful voice yeah I I agree with you she's very effective in the way she utilizes her voice and how she intonates certain things the vocal and the production I think work really well together you know and some of the stops and kind of the breaths like the, the sighs and stuff that they do in telling the story in the narrative but I mean her voice is very Fiona Apple but she also, she also, it's funny, she has this little thing, and I, it's maybe from listening to the entire album today, where she has this kind of like, it's almost like a, a goo goo gaga, you know, and I'm not talking lady, like thing, where she, she what do you mean? makes her voice a little babyish sometimes. And I think she does it on purpose, and I think it's effective. Um, I think she knows exactly what she's doing, where it's almost like in a sexual way of like, this is how some guys like chicks to talk to them sexually, and I'm going to play with it and be playful with it, because I think it's ridiculous, which is very similar to the lyric of this song. So I think that works. She does it more so in other songs, but it's still there, kind of hovering between this mature vocal and innocent vocal with like a little hint of R&B in it. Yeah, and you're not talking about the effects because she uses that like da 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 like a lot. Like I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the way it's almost like she has her lip pouted out, like it's that breathy, yeah, the breathy delivery. So you're a tough guy, like you really rough guy, just can't get enough guy, just always so puff guy. I'm that bad type, make your mama sad type. Yeah, for sure. I mean, she sits right there on the on the edge of it. It's definitely cool. I mean, it's a little self-aware. Like, I don't like people who walk around thinking, I'm the bad guy. I'm the fucking... It's like, it's a little self-conscious. No, but I think, yeah. I think that's the whole point of the lyric, though, is not, I'm the bad guy. The whole point is her kind of throwing that at people. And, like, everybody always says they're this and that, but you're not. I am. And then kind of making yeah. fun of... I think she's just making fun of how people do that. Which, yeah, she's and that's making why I, fun of guys who think they're the bad guy. But then... You know? But then like, she she's not talks, saying she's the, actually the bad girl. She's just but then kind it becomes of first, but no, but, but then it becomes first person, like, you know, I'm the bad type. Yeah, Make well, that's that's type. where Make that's where it kicks in. Type. You think you're this, you think you're that, and she's like, "Oh yeah, well, I'll double down 
I'll fucking sit. I'm gonna be bag. even more that thing that you are that annoys me. I'm gonna be twice that as you. Yeah, but I think Those that's really that's what she's doing. It's tongue in cheek. She's not being self aware and serious. I mean, she's absolutely self aware, but she's not being serious about that. It's very yeah. tongue in cheek, and she said that in interviews. Like this is just to kind of make fun of people who do that or like to kind of throw shade. I mean, and she was like, I do too. I do it too. Everybody does. Everybody has a perception of themselves that is probably not 100% true, and I think that's what she's kind of calling out in this song. And I think she does it really well. I think the lyric is the best part of the song. I think the lyric's really cool. I, I, I think it's very... I think they're good. I think it's very uh, modern. I think that's why it became so popular. But my favorite part is definitely the production and the music. As, as far as any of her songs, I like this as just a song, almost just a production of a song rather than her vocals. There's, there's many other songs where I appreciate her vocals more. I didn't say her well, vocal. Riff, I said the lyric itself. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, it's not Dylan. I, I didn't no, say it was but, Dylan. I mean, that's the point of I mean, the, the whole, you, you the Dylan, the best thing is, the, no, 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 no. My point being the point with Dylan is the best thing about Dylan is the lyric. This isn't that. The best part of this is the riff and her fucking, the melody. I, I think it's, I think it's the riff and the lyric. I think the riff is really cool. It's, it's really fun, but I think it, it they, they counteract each other. I mean, they, they work well together. The kind of playful tongue and cheek. I just lyric. think with no riff, you have no song here. Yeah, but without the lyric, you have no song either. What, what do you mean? Like the, the lyrics, you can change. My point is, the lyrics could, stand, could stand to be changed. The riffs could. But they work yeah. so well together. Yeah. So. What, with that, yeah, without good. either one, the song wouldn't be as good. And I think, I think the lyric, I think the melody is so good, it makes the lyrics feel yes more it, significant. It is great, and I think anything this that melody almost. It almost has to be like a villain kind of lyric, just the way it sounds. Yeah, it sounds like the Joker or something. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's a vibe. So and if I you think... look at the video, she's got the green hair and she's pretty pale. So, and she's wearing like clown clothes and some of it. So, not not actually clown clothes, but that's a that's a great little comparison you just made there, Josh. <laughs> Jonathan caught out the Joker part. Jonathan, what's your favorite part of the song? Either right when it starts, like that kind of riffy vibe, like or right when her initial vocals drop in like they're definitely cool they're they're definitely very teenage james bond kind of like it's yeah, great for sure it's very like it's seductive it's insightful it's clever it, there's a lot of things going on there yeah it is very bond i think that's why they got the bond soundtrack because of the song it's probably oh do they those. yeah Nice. That make that makes sense. I would say, other than the lyric as a whole, like my favorite part of the song is the duh into the riff, the duh stop, <laughs> the duh, and then the do da, because then the song just kind of like takes on this kind of like clown car, yes, clown circus car circus like feel because mm-hmm. that riff it is just really like a ding 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 it. I mean, you can see somebody <laughs> like what is that polka dancing where they do, or like the oh, Russians yeah. it's where very they do polka. That. It's very polka. What's that vaudeville? <laughs> yeah. I'm the bad guy. Duh. That kind of takes it back in time from the feel it has, which I mean, the the instrumentation in this is so sparse. I mean, it's basically just like Mm -hmm. some bass, drums, and snaps. that's, That's really it. What do you guys think about the snaps? I think they were used well. It's actually tough to pull off good snaps because they're they're way out front. They they really are. Uh-huh. They kind of take over. They come in like right after she says "criminal," and it, it it for me. And I know I say this a lot about things, but it gives it that sass vibe. It, it gives the song some sass. It gives her some sass. It it you know what do you associate with snaps? You associate 
Like, I associate the West Side Story stuff. Fucking crackle and pop, motherfucker. Fucking Ice Krispies. <laughs> what do you associate snacks with? Um, no, I really associate them with fucking... <laughs> with uh, Killer Queen by, uh, by the Queen. <laughs> by Killer... Uh, <laughs> uh, Killer Queen starts out with snaps, and I would take Killer Queen over this song, but yeah, I mean, for sure, it's it's uh, Queen. It's no, it's not fair. It's cool how minimalistic it, it is, and then in the the chorus section or the, the the B section, a little bit of like actually shaker. It sounds like snare, but if you listen, I think it's just shaker, shaker snaps, bass drum, synth bass. My sister's great vocals, and we're done. <laughs> 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 you know, I like that minimal. I, I, I that's one thing I do like about a lot of modern music is that minimalism. I like. I definitely like it when songs are clutter free, and, and this stuff, yeah, you know, very much is. And it's funny how 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 much it uh, provokes movement. It's it's very kind of beat heavy without any drums really. It's all on that quarter beat. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One. Mm-hmm. Just. You can tell they're super in sync with, and kind of probably know what each other's thinking because, you know, even like if you take just the chorus for example, it's the dynamics are pretty much the stops and then the sigh and the rolls reverse, like and then I'm the bad guy, mm-hmm. kind of turning the tables, and and that's I think you know makes the song somewhat universal. That that theme right there, and they play off each other really well in that section. It blends, you know, songwriting and like old school. I don't want to say jazz because it didn't have it, but of that like theme, you know, with modern, just four on the floor, bop, 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 bop. Yeah, just like metronome, fucking rhythm for white people, fucking kind of. Well, and you can't miss it. And as far as what you were talking about, Josh, just the whole brother sister thing being in sync. Like this song definitely projected them way onto the scene. I saw something where she she wrote the end first that boom, boom. Uh, so then then they kind of then she started humming that bump 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 bump, and they kind of made the whole song out of that from the end. So that's kind of even why it's there because I'm not a huge fan of that end portion. But that, that's it doesn't probably, feel like it has anything to do with it, right? Yeah. It definitely feels totally. But but it's cool that it was it. that was the genesis of the song. So they're like, it's we weird. got to keep it in. That's probably my least favorite part of the song. The lyric is solid in there, but the, the rest of it's kind of, eh. Like, you could have just, they definitely could have ended the song before they got there, and it wouldn't have made a difference. But do you agree, now that you know that that was where it sparked, that it kind of makes sense? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, I've never heard of a, it's very interesting, I've never heard of a song where the worst part was written first. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm sure, actually, that's probably how every song. But even, every even the lyric is all, the, the lyric in that part almost makes her out to be this like seductress who's like pining for someone. Whereas the rest of the song is, it's not. I, I yeah, don't think the yeah. lyric is really coherent with the yeah. rest of the song either. Well, yeah, the the end is kind of her kind of exposing herself a little bit. The the meat of the song is her fucking with some dude. Yeah, yeah. Okay, if you put it like that. I would say that, and then, you know, they also add this little effect in there that's, like, the right before that, after she says, duh, in kind of the last, the little outro riff, the dude, before that part, they add, like, this little, uh, 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 like, these, it sounds like, uh, 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 and it's it's almost like, all right, you could have just left that out. It was, it was good enough. What, at, during the end part? Yeah, during that, not, not, not before the boom, 
there's yeah. that she goes duh <laughs> it, the, the riff is going on the the outro. and then she goes duh and then there's a uh 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 and there's like this other little effect he's got going there's on there a, a, a other little part okay. so <laughs> so are we going duh thumbs up thumbs down duh. i think it, i think it works the duh i think i think it's i think it's a great part of the song like it gets old listening to it a couple times like I kind of wish she did it once or twice instead of the whole song, but but I get it. I think that that made it so infectious to like the youth and just just everyone. I mean, duh has been around since the when it also the duh leads you into the kind of catchiest part of the song, which is the riff. You yep, know, yep, you're not yep, singing, true. even though the melody's nice. There, there's really not a, a. It's not like the hook is the riff, right? Yep. It's yeah, the yeah. do and so the da yeah. does kind of flow from the part into that. If you just had the stop without it, and it goes into and, there, I think it'd be missing something. And it keeps it tongue in cheek. It it, it 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 basically reinforces how this is just me being sarcastic. Like yeah, duh, this I'm is a, a fucking seventeen year old <laughs> fucking around. Yeah, and being super creative about it. Absolutely, yeah. changing the world of pop music, bro. It almost feels like. You know, onomatopoeia is like the sound that describes the sound, like a bark, or like woof, is like the sound that describes a dog barking, or meow is the sound. Duh, in this instance, is almost like it's fucking the sound that describes duh. Like, it's, it's just kind of, to me, it's a little bit obvious, it's a little bit easy, but it's fine. Yeah. It's almost like a duh kind of moment, like duh, you're going to put duh there. <laughs> but like, whatever. I must say, I watched a, um, a video of them from Rolling Stone, like walking through the logic tracks. Okay. And I, when I was watching, I was like, man, they're pulling back the curtain way too much. How am I even going to talk about this song? Cause now I know how they wrote everything. But, you know what it is, right? Right. But it was really cool to see everything they did. And, you know, it gave me ideas for how we might cover it. Every line is at least triple tracked, but she sang every part in these different harmonies and track. The harmonies all, were cool. All the breaths, every breath was like, very strategic so every time she'd be yeah. like <gasps> like it was all every track oh, totally. she did that totally. and it was funny i mean it, it literally was probably like 80 80 tracks deep like them just going through all the different parts yeah. we've never done a song where someone is just lo you're looking at the actual files and break it like this is how we did this this is how we did that so. yeah no but it's cool i mean i think that's one thing that works with music like this like of this era because it is someone sitting there it's not like with Zeppelin, it's like, oh, and then fucking Bonzo came in and he fucking decided to do this. Like, they don't even remember how it happened. It's like, I don't know, it just kind of happened. Totally. Whereas with this shit, it's like, here's how we did it. Yeah. Getting to see them talk about, like, the struggle of, like, making something sound good. Oh, we got oh, yeah. to triple up this 808 bass and then, and then oh. compress it and then, you know, bounce that track and then compress it again to get this, nope. to get this yeah. sound. The struggle is real. The struggle is real. Um, <laughs> like, like, you know, it was kind of a humble brag. They're like, you know, we, we, we told each other we'll never auto-tune unless it's like we're doing an auto-tune song. So they sure. basically, she said she she sang White Shirt maybe like a hundred times like because she couldn't yeah. get it right, like it perfect without an auto-tune. I really believe like you learn most about playing music by recording music because you have to go back and – it's like if you ain't tasting the food you're cooking – like, how are you going to know how good the food you're cooking is? Like, you got to go back and experience it. And if you don't, if you can't recognize, oh, this needs work, then, Well, you yeah, know. and you have to experience it outside of the studio. 
because right, it's something it you can get later. in a bubble where right. you're like, oh, this sounds awesome. Then you put it in your tape deck and you're like, oosh. <laughs> this sounds like <laughs> shit. <laughs> when, you, when you learn to trust your instincts, you, from recording you learn how accurate your instincts are. Like, oh, like, oh. I thought that sounded fucking great and it did sound great. Or I thought it sounded great and it did not sound great at all. It's like, okay, I have to, I can't really trust my instincts yet. Mm-hmm. But then over time you're like, Oh no, that, that, I thought that sounded good. And it did sound good. Yeah. Yeah. I would. And, but I also want to point out that this song is, it's one of those songs. And I don't know if you guys agree with me, but the melody in the verse is better than the melody in the chorus. The, uh, 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 is better than the. I just think it's more unique and more original. I almost think of the the chorus being the instrumental part, really. The yeah, yeah. For me, that almost feels like the chorus, and I definitely think the verse is stronger than the chorus. Yeah, which is not super common. I think we've done maybe two songs. Yeah, it's not common, but. It's if you start out with a great verse, it's hard to write to a chorus. It, you know, it's, that's true. So, but if you have a good enough verse, you can just kind of make get through the chorus and use it just as a device to get back to the verse. That was that was often my issue with writing songs. Is I'll have something a verse that I'm just like, this is great, and then I'm like, what do I do with it? You could argue, is this a verse chorus or is this just like an A section B section where it doesn't have to be like, is it just a compliment? It's not even because it's definitely not as strong. That's that's fair, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A- so that's I think what you have to do with that kind of thing. You're right, Jonathan. the The instrumental is basically the chorus, but I do think it's the most important part. It's it's what dragged me into this song and made me pick it. Um, True. I mean, that's what takes it to yeah a different level, and and, and it's that's the catchy part. But, of yeah, the song. but wh- but with the hook, the verse just is getting you to that point to me. Oh, hmm. Yeah, because for me, definitely, even like even when she's talking about like just telling the saying the lyrics of the title, I'm a bad guy. It's a little Marilyn Monroe-ish, but yeah, 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 yeah. Now, do you think that the bass kind of does it remind you of Seven Nation Army a little bit? Yes. Well, in the sense that it's in just a very common scale, probably kind of thing. And speaking of bass. I think that brings us to uh, the vibe time section of our pod. Cue the music in three, two, one. <laughs> Jonathan, when do you want to hear that? Well, Neil, it's your song. When do you want to hear it? I mean, it's cheesy, but it's such it's such a good kind of horror Halloween kind of party kind of song. On psychedelics, it'd be kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> dressed up on, dressed up in costumes on psychedelics, nice. Yeah, know? yeah, that sounds. Yeah, out in Joshua Tree, bro, just like wandering <laughs> the desert, being a bad guy. <laughs> Jonathan, when do you want to hear it? Mm, I would want to hear this in like a, just like a very modern, like sleek hotel bar, kind of place, drinking a. Uh, yeah. Good cocktail. Just, it's a good vibe. It's a great vibe. Huh? That that's funny. I I I thought about it and I was like, well, I want to hear it when like I'm in the car with my girlfriend and her kids and they want to hear it, or if I'm at a spot having drinks and it, they're just playing pop music, this is going to be better than most of the shit that comes on. 
Yeah, it's, it's got a great vibe. Speaking of nice bars and drinks, why don't we slip under the influence for a minute here and talk about influences influenced by what to listen to if you like this. Uh, Neil, what you got? Well, at first it kind of reminded me of like some of the the police. They're kind of creepy songs, you know, don't stand so close mm-hmm. to me, I'll be watching Interesting. you. That kind of stuff. Um, Just Sting's such a bad guy. And I think it, it has the quality of like the runaways back in the day, just like badass chicks kind of, you know, where, where they, they flip the script like they're the bad guy. Yeah. You know? In a way, I think probably Hole inspired this, like just the, the band in general, just that, that female energy. And my last one will be just that banana, banana. It reminds me of um, Stash by Fish. <laughs> But hey, that's why you listen to Podgate Rock because that's the, that's when you get the Billy Eilish kind of nuggets. fish comparisons right there. That's that deep dive shit. Uh, that's that bad. Guy. Neil's such a bad guy right now. Um, Jonathan, what you got? Uh, I'd say her vocal delivery and like range reminds me of like Billy um, Billy Holiday, just in her delivery. Uh, in terms of the kind of like, you know, it, it it's like disco or like techno disco dance music kind of influence obviously but it's essentially a combination i feel like of that kind of breathy jazz singing over techno kind of dance like four on the floor obviously there's some hip-hop in there in terms of just the, the production style but yeah i'd say primarily those two things yeah you know attitude wise it's very debbie harry blondie um yeah but like how it actually sounds it's very i mean it sounds like fiona apple like she sounds like fiona apple. yeah, yeah that's i mean. mean but i think i think she's very she sounds like billy ellish i think she's carved out a good niche and 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 vocals and the cool thing i like about it is that it's her decision making like she's a big part of producing most of this stuff so it's not someone being like you know it'd be cool if we made you sound like a snake when you say a bad guy you know it's kind of it's her own well, yeah, creative I mean, it's vision. Her playing around. When you sing, though, like, and you get into a mic, it's it's probably like, you know, actors, like I've heard actors say, like, it's all about how, like, Jack Nicholson was like, it's how you use your face. Like, when you're in a mic <laughs> and you can hear yourself singing, it, it is. It's like the camera's going to be on your face and, like, how you can move it and your eyebrows and this and that, it's going to show emotion. Like, how you use your voice, you can use it and make decisions that, even yeah. if you don't write a song, just interpreting words in music to, to kind of make it your own i mean she does that with you know her own words but the, the the tone and stuff is very fiona apple i would say the song itself uh like i mentioned seven nation army the selena gomez song that it's it, it samples from the show everything is not what it seems and i mean obviously you know she's influencing pop music currently moving forward you know yeah. for a bit of time i would i would assume i don't listen to that much of it so speaking of pop music currently it's time to slide under the covers Sweet. and talk about the covers of the song jonathan how many did you listen to mm, yeah i didn't hear any covers neil um well there's the one cover bieber did with her that's uh why um <laughs> he, he just like his whiny voice and like his <laughs> yeah no the best yeah. part of that whole cover was the 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 album art of her with Bieber posters on her wall as like a thirteen year old like that was the best part of the whole cover, it was the cover of the, the whole cover. part of the cover was the actual cover yeah, <laughs> the cover for the cover 
Uh, we're, we're, we're like, we're under the bed now, it sounds like. Uh, yeah, so, of course, Vitamin String Quartet <laughs> does a version that's great. Um, they do a yeah, version of everything that's great. And then there's a couple versions I heard, this um, Ariana Savalas doing it in a tango style. And it sounded cool at first, but then anyone covering this, like when they do the bana bana, it just sounds polka. Like unless it, oh, yeah. unless it's that specific specific synth, it just like it sounds like just like it sounds like you're playing yep. Tetris. Fanny oh, what are you gonna do it with that? Like you're what are you gonna a, do with that? <laughs> it, it, it sounds like you're watching a video of the look at this Russian Instagram uh, feed. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I would say there's a there's a band called the Interrupters who did a version of this, and it is just straight up like a ska version. It's very sublimish. Yes, I listened to that. So you loved and it. I had not bad. <laughs> never mind, it goes ska. <laughs> <laughs> never mind, they go full sublime. There, <laughs> there's a lot of techno versions of the song, which makes sense. There's a version by a band named Leo, which is really bad heavy metal version. There's a band called Conquer Divide, which sounds like a Christian alt-rock group that uh, did this song in a, like a pop-punk way. And then there's Eclipse, which also does a string version, which is much worse than the Vitamin String Quartet. And then XAXA. So I know XOXO is Hugs and Kisses. I don't know what XA is. I don't either. It could be Hugs and Ass Eating. <laughs> Um, but it's techno rubbish. It's a techno rubbish version. They of say song. you can tell more about the interpreter than what's being interpreted. <laughs> Jesus. Um, Jonathan, Neil, you picked the song. How does the shoe fit? It fits. It fits. And to just stay on brand here, it fits like well, what brand? The brand I've created for my take on this song. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with like those odd Herman Munster platform shoes. I don't know if you guys remember. No, wasn't Herman, a big um, Adams family okay, fan well, or whatever it, that was. Well, okay, so it reminds me of the Monsters a little bit. The song, the, oh, the Monsters, and then so I was looking for ah. shoes and like the Frankenstein Herman Munster wears platform shoes to be even taller, so he's just like towering over everyone in like Doc Martin platforms. Nice, I dig it, Jonathan. Mm, I don't know. It felt like some kind of like exclusive, the high end retro fucking tennis shoe or something. Some one of these, like, oh, like I got these Julian special. Casablanca's would wear. I, I don't know what he would wear, but <laughs> what, what? But yeah, like some kind of like super fucking like special cool pair of hard to get sneakers. Special. Oh, Supremes. I don't even know. Whatever fits the fucking <laughs> description of I'm saying. <laughs> Diana Ross. Um, <laughs> I don't know anything about shoes. Uh, I would say this doesn't fit, but I appreciate it. I'm walking past the shoe store and I'm like. Don't need a pair of those, but I like the I like the I like the look. That's a that's a good answer, Josh. Right? Yeah. I'm full of good answers. Mm-hmm. Full of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on that note, we have a special treat this week. Our good friend Sarah Flannery will be recording Billy Eilish's "Bad Guy" with Mr. Eric Holt on bass, and Neil playing some guitar and some mandolin. White shirt, now red, my bloody nose sleeping. You're on your tippy toes, creeping around like no one knows. Think you're so criminal. Bruises on both my knees for you. Don't say thank you or please. I do what I want when I'm wanting to my soul. So cynical. 
So you think that you're a tough guy, like it really rough guy, just can't get enough guy, just always so puff guy. I'm the bad type, make your mama sad type, make your girlfriend mad type, might seduce your dad type. I'm the bad guy, duh. I'm the bad guy. Think that you're a tough guy, like it really rough guy, just can't get enough guy, just always a puff guy. I'm a bad time, make your mama sad time, make your girlfriend mad time, might seduce your dad time. I'm the bad guy, duh. I'm the bad guy. Pretty glad that you're all alone. You said she's scared of me. I mean, I don't see what she sees, but maybe it's cause I'm wearing your cologne. I'm a bad guy. I'm a bad guy. cover you just heard was performed by Sarah Flannery, Eric Holt, and Neil Marsh. You can find Sarah Flannery's music. She has an EP slice on Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. And she'll have a, another album of uh, darker, moody, acoustic country folk songs that she will be writing and producing herself. Coming out here soon. Thank you for listening to Podgave Rock and Roll Do. Please subscribe and rate on Apple and Spotify. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram under the handle at PodGaveRock. Next week is Josh Bond's week. Josh, what are we going to be listening to and talking about? We are going to talk about After Midnight by J.J. Kale and touch on the Eric Clapton version. Thank you. Can't wait! <laughs>